This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome to the Big Midweek Show. All right. Oh, we got the cat here. We got a cat. Oh, there's a cat. There's a riot. This cat earlier this night. Oh, oh, now she's getting away. Oh, oh, she's going to scratch you. Right, we'll let her go. She get you? All right. That cat was playing uh, fetch with us earlier. It was a good time. Cat plays fetch with a hair tie. It's adorable. Soda of the week this week, folks. Boyle's Birch Beer. Boylan Birch Beer. And you may be saying to yourself, Frank, you seem to really enjoy your sodas of the week. Oh, hey, by the way, um, if, you, if anyone out there plays Minecraft, my face, I think Minecraft is my favorite game, and Birch is my favorite wood in Minecraft. There we go. If you're saying to yourself, what could be my favorite game, Frank? You know what your favorite game can be? It can be playing DraftKings. That's right. This weekend, USC 262 is a big event. You don't want to miss it. Every punch, kick, knockout means so much more with the DraftKings app. 262. Uh, DraftKings is the official fantasy partner, daily fantasy partner of the UFC. Uh, if you haven't tried it yet, freeze. Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Pick six fighters, stand the salary cap, pilot points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey where DraftKings has more prizes. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings.com. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Did you already drink it? No. All right, let's try the boiling birch beer. I, I can feel it, like, sizzling up against the You can feel the sizzle? It's, like, popping out. Well, let's find out, folks. Is birch beer all sizzle and no steak? It's kind of going in my nose. What does that, that tastes like a candy. What is that? (sighs) It's good, but it's got a weird aftertaste that puts me in mind of a candy I ate when I was a kid. It's more like spruce. Alright, everyone. So this this doesn't taste like birch. It tastes like spruce. What does spruce taste like, Lexi? It tastes like spruce. But 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 you name something. Are you talking about like you like you took a bite off a Christmas tree or what do you mean? Like I took a bite off a Christmas tree. Oh dear heavens. <laughs> Apparently bites off a Christmas tree taste really good. I don't understand this child. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense to me. It's interesting. But <laughs> thank you for that, child. Thank you. Does it taste like a Christmas tree? Yeah. No, a Christmas tree would be more lemony, though, wouldn't it? Why? Why would a Christmas tree be lemony? Because they smell like lemon, like you know, pine trees. Hey, everybody! There is a free ten-year-old to anyone who wants to take her home with them. 
All you have to do is endear, you know, talk about Minecraft and <laughs> eating Christmas trees. and You must have cats. That is a requirement for taking this child. Cat that is a dog. Why why are you messing with Riot again? Again, Riot's the cat dog. You can rub her belly. You can play fetch with her. She is a wonderful little cat. And then midnight's the demon cat. Here, here. Oh, she's gonna crawl right. off. She's gonna crawl off you again. She's trying to run away. She is trying to run away. All right. All right. Get out of here, kid. We're gonna talk hockey now. Say goodbye to the people. What else do we talk about? I mean hockey. Oh, we're gonna talk about how you can win a million dollars. Hey, you can win a million dollars. Again, if you don't want to wait to win a million dollars, go to DraftKings. But if you're okay with other, playing other odds, uh, State of Ohio just announced something crazy. Uh, first of all, come June 2nd, we are going to, uh, apparently the state's going to lift pretty much all coronavirus restrictions uh, with the exception of some things in nursing homes. I didn't see all the details, so check reliable news sources or the governor's Twitter account for that type of stuff. Uh, but it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sign that things are going to it seems like the decision has been made at many levels of power that regardless of what the numbers are on COVID, we're just going to go back to things being the way we want them to be. My personal opinion on it, again, I'm not here to judge other people's opinions on things because we're going to talk about hockey, but my personal opinion on the matter is I got the vaccine for a reason. I got it so that I could go back to doing things without fear of... The thing is, to be honest with you guys, I was never really afraid of getting the virus myself. I'm young. I'm relatively healthy, except for being a bit of a chunky boy. Um, but I, I wasn't too concerned. I tend to bounce back from things pretty quickly. Um, but I had that whole thing in my head about, you know, if I get it, I might transmit it without knowing and then get somebody else sick. And that's the kind of thing. I mean, I, I, I was big on the idea of there being some type of responsibility in a person to try and reduce that. But that's why when I go out, I'll still wear masks places. Um, I'll still try and, you know, be respectful of that type of thing. Cause even though I'm vaccinated, I don't know how many other people are all that kind of stuff, but Hey, Ohio, um, other, the obvious piece of good news means if they're lifting all restrictions, obviously by the time we get to the next hockey season, there won't be a state mandated restriction on things like, uh, attendance at blue jackets games. Um, It'll be easier to start now because pretty much all Ohio sports at this time point are outdoor sports. As far as big things, we're going to have 20, 30,000 people in a place with, you know, baseball first. And then we're going to get into football in the fall. Won't get to indoor big time events until later in the year. But um, again, crazy news in the state of Ohio. If you are an Ohioan and you get the vaccine. I think they said it was starting May 26th or so for five weeks. There's going to be a lottery of people who've had the vaccine. And if your name comes up, you get a million dollars, which is just kind of crazy to think that's where they're going. Uh, but hey, talking about a different kind of lottery, the draft lottery. That's what we in the business call a transition. That was seamless, and I am amazing. Uh, the Blue Jackets pretty much seem to be locked into this. Right now, they're at the five spot. Theoretically, Vancouver may pass them. Uh, Vancouver may take that fifth spot from them because they're only at 45 points. Um, but again, Vancouver still has some games to go. Um, if you're going by points per game, which it, it, the, the tankathon odds have been doing, uh, Vancouver's gotten more points per game, but 
Vancouver and Calgary are going to be in this weird little end of season series. They're going to play three games. So theoretically, Vancouver could get up to six points. Three points, I think, will get them to tie the CBJ. I'm not sure what the tiebreaker there is going to be. But essentially, you're almost going to expect to see probably three games of Vancouver and Calgary playing their AHL teams. The playoffs are going to start here uh, probably about midweek for the, uh, I believe it's, um, I think it's Saturday for for the, uh, it's going to be Saturday for the, uh, for the three Southern conferences and they're, they're probably holding off till next Wednesday for the Canadian division. I think the thinking is they don't want to start the playoffs until the regular season is finished, which is the Vancouver and uh, the Vancouver and, and Calgary series. It's going to wrap up the season, but I think they're actually going to do it on the same day as weird as that's going to be. So uh, yeah, blue Jackets have an interesting shot at getting that number one overall pick. Um, I mean, we're at a six and a half percent chance at number one, a thirteen point three percent chance at the top two. Uh, show this week, interesting discussion. Uh, interesting that thing that happened. So, the Blue Jackets wrapped up their media availability this week. Um, and and with that, there was a there's some interesting things said. Um, one of them being about the, there were discussions about there being a, a meeting between uh, that Yarmo said he was going to have with the players, and we have some reporting out of that leader out of that meeting. Apparently, what happened? It was done at Yarmo Kekalainen's home. Uh, the Blue Jackets leadership group that attended the meeting was Cam Atkinson, Oliver Bjorkstrand, Gus Nyquist, Jones, and Wierenski. Uh so that's who went to Yarmo's house and had these conversations about where they're concerned about where things are going. By all reports, it was good. It was a it was a productive meeting, we'll say. So here's the thing that I found really interesting uh, at a media day. One, Seth Jones had his talking about uh, when asked about potential free agency. He was all, "Well, this is a chance you only get once. Um, you know, I've still got a lot of things to think about." Uh, and and talked about where you know where he might go from here. Now, some people read this as saying that oh, Jones is out the door. He's already talking about how he only gets this shot once. He's done. He's going to go. I don't think it's as that easy as that to read into it. He also said things during his exit, you know, during his exit little press conference about how Columbus gets a bad rap. Columbus is a great city. Um, and and again, he is taking part of this talk. If he already had one foot out the door, and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to go. Why be part of the meeting that's happening at uh, Yarmulkekalainen's house? I guess you could be cynical and say, well, he's just trying to keep up appearances. I I don't think that's what's going on here. What I think is going on is Seth Jones realizes he does have this once-in-a-life opportunity where he is uh, he's part of a franchise where that franchise is like, yes, we think you are we think you're one of our cornerstones, and he's about to be a UFA if he doesn't sign a contract. I mean, which obviously he has one year left. But he will have at no point in the in his career will he have more power over what this franchise is about to do than he does right now. Because here's the thing: when he goes into that meeting with these other players, so we're talking about Cam, Oliver, uh, Boone, Gus, and Wierenski. Wierenski is going to be an RFA, so Wierenski probably is the guy with the second most kind of bargaining power in that room. Cam and Oliver Bjorkstrand just signed long term deals. So no matter how upset they get at Yarmo, their choices are to either play for the Blue Jackets or not get paid. 
Boone. I mean, Boone's going to be a UFA after next year, but nobody's saying Boone's going to go out and get, you know, be able to command whatever he wants on the market. So what I think is happening here, I think Jones is not saying, yep, I'm going to be a Blue Jacket because he wants ownership and he wants, you know, the front office to realize he could go. That if if things, if he doesn't think things are going to work out the way he wants, he can leave. Um. I think that's I think that's a big part of it. And and it's fine. I mean, that's him exercising his power. So I I mean, what happened in this meeting was their discussion about we need to get certain guys. Uh, I think he talked about in his exit thing about wanting to make Columbus a more um a place guys want to come to more. You almost wonder if he read that article that Portsline did uh and, and has talked to other guys about why they don't want to come to Columbus. And and I think some of the things that were in that article Portsline did are probably may hopefully we start seeing some of those things fixed. Things like you know, guys kind of being highlighted by the league got, or by the team uh, made made to be part of the marketing and all that kind of good stuff. But we don't we don't know yet what's going to happen with that. Um, but I think that's what he's doing right now. Now, does that mean Seth Jones is going to stay? I don't know. I, I think this summer is going to be hugely impactful on what he does. If, uh, you know, if the Blue Jackets go out and get that number one center they need, and all of a sudden it looks like, wow, the future of this franchise looks bright, I think you can see Seth Jones signing up long-term to be the captain. If the Blue Jackets don't make any moves or the move they make is really underwhelming, I, I think Seth might go. Um, it, it's going to be a really tricky offseason for Yarmouk Ekalainen because what's happening here is he has to keep lines of communication open with Seth's camp. And I understand that some people won't like this because they'll say, well, it sounds like you're just letting Seth run the franchise, but there is a, there's a reality here that if you can, if you go out and you spend futures, because we got three first round picks. If you go out and you spend those three first round picks to get a big time guy, I'm going to throw out the name that we've, and we'll talk more about it here in a bit and probably over future shows a lot. If you throw out three first round picks and whatever you need to get a player like Jack Eichel's quality, you don't want to do that. You know what? I Let me amend this. If it's Jack Eichel, if you're going out and getting him and then Seth Jones decides to leave, you're never going to keep him because if you got Jack Eichel, there's nothing you're going to do to keep Seth Jones. But let's say you go out and you get somebody who's maybe a little, uh, maybe not as well, not as big a name, but you get like a Thomas Hurdle, Tomas Hurdle. Uh, you get a Tomas Hurdle or you get a Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, you get a guy who can be your number one center and you've got guys to build on. Maybe you get a, maybe you get them and you get, you get a Tomas Hurdle in the trade and maybe you get a, a Philip Deneau as your, your second line center. I know if some people, I'm, I, I don't have all the cal- calculations in my head, but I'm just saying if you do something where it's like a middle of the road thing, well, if you spend the futures to go out and make a trade to get somebody like a Tomas Hurdle, and then Seth goes, eh, that's not really, that that's not what I'm looking for here, guys. We needed a splash, and he decides to leave. If you use futures to go get, you know, a center in his late 20s, and then your number one defenseman goes, that that's not what that's not it. That's not what you need. So you need to find a way to try and balance all that together. And that's going to be the trick for Yarmo in this offseason. Trying to balance it all together, trying to make this work. Um my, my personal hope is, especially after seeing if you didn't see it, if you haven't heard it, um, and unless you follow a lot of NHL, you might not, but I mean if you follow the NHL at all, you probably heard it. But uh Jack Eichel, the number one center for the 
Buffalo Sabres, a guy who was talked about as being a top 10, if not top five center in this league, but just plays on a horrible, horrible team. Uh, at his exit interviews and press conference with the media, um, essentially expressed a lot of problems over how an injury has been dealt with. Uh, talks about how his future with the team. He said, I've got to watch out for my future, which when you're talking about a professional athlete and his life is his body, that makes a lot of sense to me. Essentially made allusions that, you know, you never know how long you're going to be able to play this game or I don't know how long I'm going to be here. That sort of thing has really given rise to the whole idea that he's going to be traded. Um, We are to the point now where there's a strong belief that he will not be a Buffalo Saber next year. And I think the Blue Jackets need to kind of do an all-out press to see what they need to do to get him. You got three first-round picks. You don't have a lot of prospects. Um, I've heard people say you... Here's the thing. I'm, I've been hearing different things. When I talk to some people and I hear different things, I see things where people are like, oh, you're going to have to give up a Zach Wierenski here. You're going to have to do this or that. But then I'm hearing other things where it's, you know, well, the only way Buffalo is going to be able to make a deal is if they take back a roster player because no one else is going to be able to handle just adding $10 million to their cap. Fun thing, the Blue Jackets can. Because if you remember last year, the contract that went off our books, Felino and Dubinsky, that was more than $10 million. The Blue Jackets can just take on the contract and only give up. We don't have to give up anything off the roster to free up cap space to make it work. Now, will that make some other things tricky down the road, like potentially re-signing line A or doing different things? Yes, it will. But if you can get Eichel... That does, I will worry about that problem. That problem is now fine. That is a problem I am happy to try and fix if I can get a Jack Eichel on my team. So in my mind, it depends on what the Sabres do. If the Sabres are like, you know what? No, we want, we want a bunch of pieces and we want to have a good team next year for trading Jack Eichel. The Blue Jackets can't do that deal. It depends on what the, the Sabres want, but if that's what they want, they can't do the deal. If the Sabres are saying, you know what? We're trading away number one center. So, you know, we're trading away number one center. We've got some overpriced guys. We've got some other things going on. Um, and I, I'm not I'm not going to reveal it yet. I'll, probably in a future show, I'm going to talk. I've got a, a setup on how the Blue Jacks could trade for Jack Eichel and even take on the Skinner contract, and I think it would still work okay, depending on how everybody plays with it. But I, I think they could do it, which would be huge for the Sabres, because the Sabres look at it and go, we've devoted too much money to somebody like Jeff Skinner, and this is going on, and we really kind of just have to build all over again. Then the Blue Jackets are perfectly poised to do it, because they have three first-round picks. They have... um some higher end prospects. They don't have as deep a prospect pool as a lot of places do, but let's be honest here. You throw in three first round picks, you throw in Jonas Corposalo, you throw in Liam Foody. And I mean, at this point, if you want one of the Russians, take one of the Russians. I will give you six, seven pieces to make that deal happen. In a second, I will give you whatever, almost whatever you want to make that happen. The only, the only place I'm going to draw the line is if I'm like, okay, I want to get, you know, I want Jack Eichel. And they're like, oh, we want Jones and Warinsky. At that point, I have to say no, because then, okay, well, I traded to get to get Eichel, but now do I have the team to win around Eichel? Because, I mean, one guy isn't going to do it. But if you just ask me to give up futures, that I think I can do. That I think I'm more than happy to do. So that's my thought there. Going to hear a quick word from our friends at the Hockey Podcast Network. Then I'm going to come back with uh, kind of a, a fun thing here. So... What's up, everybody? This is Taylor and Brendan from Straight Up Sabres of the Hockey Podcast Network. 
things are not going very well in Saberland uh, this season or really for the past 10 years or so. However, we here at Straight Up Sabres are so excited to keep bringing you guys the latest Sabres news with everything ranging from interviews with some of your favorite Twitter follows all the way up to former players and everything in between. We have got you covered with your weekly coverage of the Buffalo Sabres. That's right. We got a lot coming up uh, through the rest of the season and into the offseason. Who's going to coach the team next year? Uh, is Kevin Adams going to have a new boss? Will he be a president of hockey operations? Will there be an assistant GM? Are they going to fill out their scouting staff? How many times will I cry next year? Maybe zero. I'm dead inside. Will Jack Eichel be here? Sam Reinhardt going to get extended? You know, all this and more on Straight Up Sabres. Exciting stuff. So make sure you're checking us out wherever you're listening to podcasts and following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up Sabres, and on Twitter at Straight Sabres. All right, folks. Um, So I was thinking of doing a deep dive into this ESPN article, but I'm not going to. It's a good piece put together. I want to say it's Emily Kaplan that did it. Let me double check. Yep, Emily Kaplan's got the byline. Um, they did a poll of roughly 22 people around the NHL, team executives, league executives, all that, to ask them who they think like is the next round of people to be coaches or GMs, that sort of thing. One I wanted to pull our attention to, and in the uh, in the question of coaches our panel would like to see in the NHL, this is one I want to throw in there because I think it's interesting. I think there's there's an obvious connection here in a moment. Juka Jelonen, Finland head coach. Jelonen definitely caught my eye after Finland won the world championship in 2019, as one respondent said. If an NHL team is looking to think outside the box, he'd be a really interesting hire. And then this is the rest of the thing about him. Considering the rise of Finnish talent in the NHL, Jelonen would make a lot of sense. Antti Mäkinen, who broadcasts NHL games in Finland, wrote an ebook called Finnish NHL Stars with Antti Mäkinen. There's an entire chapter featuring an interview with Jelenin where he explains how difficult it is for European coaches, even the most talented ones, to get serious interest in the NHL. The 52-year-old Jelenin has made said multiple times that he's coaching in the NHL as his dream, but he also said that the best place for him to begin in an NHL organization would be as an assistant coach. This is a guy I can see the Blue Jacks bring in. Obviously, you have the obvious connections to Finland through Jarmo Kekalainen. You have connections um, because of... Uh, the obvious connection with uh, uh, Line, uh, who actually was coached by this guy before. And I I think outside the box and offensive-minded thinking is what the Blue Jackets need. I think the Blue... Because here's the thing. When I'm, when I'm reading some of these playoff previews, they're going down the line of these players. And they're like, oh, yeah, these guys... Are, and it seems like every year, the teams that are good have two or three guys where they're like, no one saw them being good. I think the Blue Jackets have at least three guys on the team right now that if they could play, if they played up to their potential first season, the whole league would just be like, whoa, who's this guy? I mean, that kind of thing. So that's what I'm seeing happening. That's what I, I want to see happen with the Blue Jackets. So that's why I think he's a good choice. Now, last little thing here, a little different than something I normally do. Um, this is a little segment where we're talking about who you might want to root for in the playoffs. Now, here's the funny thing. Here's the thing. For a few years now, the Blue Jackets fans have not been having to worry about who am I rooting for in the playoffs. It was obviously the Blue Jackets. Well, this year we have a problem. Who do you root for? Hmm. So, there's a couple of uh, ones I'm going to take off the board right now. Because they're just... And if you want to root... I'm not saying any way is the wrong way to root. I'm just saying I'm going to take these two off the board because they're simple. Which is, 
whoever's playing Toronto and whoever's playing Tampa. The reason you might obviously choose those is, you know, the earlier they're out, the better the pick is that we got for our trades with them. All right. So go down the list. Maybe you want to root for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, the reason for is obviously David Savard is there. And I think a lot of Blue Jacks fans would love to see David Savard carry the Stanley Cup. But if you're like me, at this point, you're like, nah, Tampa got theirs. I'd rather they not. I'd rather they did not and try and keep them a, a little humble anyway. Um, there would be something really fun about uh, them losing and that pick staying lower. And then, again, either us trading that pick into something that we can use that we beat them later or or a better player or something like that, that would be good. Next play, next team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Obviously, this one's for Nick Foligno. I don't have the the uh, we don't have the rivalry with the the Leafs that we do with the Lightning, obviously. So this one is fine. Uh, I mean, if you want to root for Felino, which I might be, this might be my pick because uh, I love to see Nick Felino win a Stanley Cup, and then I'd love to see him come back and be the captain of the Blue Jackets and have somebody with a cup in the room who you know can talk about what it is to win it and all that kind of stuff. And that'd be cool. Number three, the Florida Panthers. Now, there's two reasons you might like the Panthers. One, their GM is a former Blue Jacket assistant general manager, Bill Zito. They've got a lot of former Blue Jackets on them. Declare, Nudavara, Wenberg. So, I mean, there, there's a few guys there you could be rooting for. The other reason someone might root for them is if you are someone, because there are plenty of these fans who just really hate John Tortorella and think he's the worst thing ever. If then there was a team where a lot of the Blue Jackets castoffs who didn't do great here do great there, and then they win a cup, it will just be one more feather and one more jewel in the crown of saying, well, John Tortorella just wasn't good enough, and that's what happened. See, I was right. Uh, next team on my list, the Hurricanes. This one is mostly you want to see a small market team do well. I think there's a lot of parallels between the Hurricanes and the Blue Jackets as far as being in kind of these smaller, non-traditional hockey markets. And uh, so they have these these very passionate fan bases, but they have fan bases that have been at different times neglected for different reasons and, and things like that. So maybe there's that. Now, again, maybe you got that cent- that uh, that good Metro division hate and you don't want them to go anywhere, but there could be a reason you might want to root for the Carolina Hurricanes. Next team, the Golden Knights. Now, some this kind of came up this week because I saw somebody tweet something about how you know, I think they said something like, are, are fans of other expansion teams like jealous of the Golden Knights? And I will say, yes, I'm jealous. Because the Golden Knights got the most advantageous draft rules any, you know, any expansion team ever had. Seattle's going to get them too. But here's the thing. It's not that I don't want them to have gotten those rules. I am glad they did. I just wish the Blue Jackets in the wild could have gotten those as well when they came into the league. It's it's not a jealousy of oh no you I didn't get it so you shouldn't get it. It's more of a jealousy of I see what happened in Vegas and I thought if something similar had happened in Columbus, how much more cemented the Blue Jackets would have become into the local culture and into the sports scene in Columbus. Because if you if you guys don't re- don't remember when the Blue Jackets first came into the league, as bad as they were. They had sellout after sellout. They were a big deal in town for a long time. They're still kind of a big deal, but it was just this thing. And if that team had 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 playoff runs in their first four or five years as a franchise, because remember, it took 10 years to get to the playoffs. 
if in their first two or three seasons they had run, gotten to the second round of the playoffs, the Blue Jackets would have had such a stranglehold in Central Ohio. There would have been such a deep connection made early. It would have been so much better for the franchise going forward. The Wild, I mean, there was always a pro hockey team in Minnesota was always going to be a big deal. But when you're in these non-traditional markets, these markets that have not had hockey teams, early success would be huge. So I, if the Knights get it, it's just going to cement their place in Vegas as being a big deal. It would, I, I think Vegas, as much as other leagues are talking about trying to put teams in Vegas now, because the NHL did it with an expansion team and not relocation, I think to an extent, Vegas fans will always kind of feel more attached to the Knights, to the Golden Knights. Because that's their team. I mean, their hashtag is Vegas born. I think there's something to that. This is their team and always has been and always will be. So that that's the idea there. So I wouldn't mind that. Uh, the Blues. So the Blues. Uh, if you're if you're rooting for the Blues, and I mean I know they've already won a cup, so maybe they've already fulfilled this in your mind. But remember, JD came. John Davidson came from St. Louis when he came to head up the Blue Jackets, and he brought Yarmo over to be his GM. The Blues' success kind of feels like an idea that the way thing, the way Blues do the Blues do things, can have results. And I always had this feeling of. Well, Yarmo was kind of there and helped build that team, and he kind of saw the hate they did it. And so I, I'm sure there's parts of that that are working in the Blue Jacks organization. And it, it gives you some measure of confidence in who we have. So maybe that's the reason you root for the Blues. Last one is the Wild. Two reasons my root for the Wild. One, they're really fun to watch. Kirill Kiprasov has just changes watching the Wild. Two, I think the Wild is evidence to the Blue Jackets fans that if you think you have a solidish team, that one great player getting thrown in can just turn around the season, turn around the team. <clears throat> because Kriprasov, at what he has done, he's taken a team that was always kind of like, ah, oh, they're good defensively, but they're kind of boring and this and that. Very similar to the way people talk about the Blue Jackets. And he turned them into a team where it's like everybody loves them, everybody wants to watch them. And so maybe he keeps that hope alive for Blue Jackets fans. If the Wild do well, maybe it keeps that hope alive. Who knows? Maybe... This time next year, people are talking about Chinikov the way they talk about Kiprasov this year. I wouldn't get your hopes up on it, but maybe, maybe. We're, we're, you know, it's the offseason, folks. It is time to be optimistic. It is the offseason. It is almost 9 o'clock and the sun is not down. You can win a million dollars by getting a free vaccine. It's good times, everybody. Let's, let's be positive about some things. We've had enough negativity for a year, and especially after this year of Blue Jackets hockey. So it's time for positivity, folks. Chinikov will be the best player in NHL history. We're just going to throw that out there now. We're just going to speak it into existence. It's time for positivity, no matter how ridiculous it is. All right, folks. Nobody knows when any of the playoff games are yet. Uh, the idea is that maybe Saturday night we're going to see the first ones. I think it's going to be Boston and Washington, which should be an interesting series. Uh, we'll see where that goes. But thank you all very much for watching, listening, however you enjoy the show. Uh, do want to, uh, you know, want you to subscribe and all that good stuff. Remember to check our friends at uh, DraftKings if you're wanting to play some Daily Fantasy. Again, promo code THPN. Thank you very much, and go Jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief. And thank you for listening. <laughs>